My name is Dion Nintendo, aka Omo Nintendo, Beyonce of the pod, uh, Wolverine of the pod also because I'm holding it down today. None of these guys are present today, you know. Anytime I'm on, I don't. Anytime we have a weekend episode, these guys are always absent. Gucci said he's cutting grass. I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why he's always cutting grass on the weekend. Shokwe, uh, a sugar daddy kept her up all night so she says she can't so she says she's a little bit late she's going to she can't come online right now uh and sultan only god knows what sultan is doing but anyways today we have a very special guest uh and uh, uh he's the ceo of heimdall and uh, heimdall tech and also a software developer uh we have mr undu ekwomadu i hope i didn't butcher your name uh, no, no, you got it right. Uh, so I'll I'll have him give him the floor so he can like tell us uh, more about himself and what it is he does. Hi, Dario. Thanks for having me. Um, so we're bringing all the love from Lagos, Nigeria, to to you all over the world. Ushi, ushi. Great, great, great. Oh, thanks. Um, um, so. <laughs> so um so i i don't think i always want to identify as like a software developer because that like comes uh i don't know third or fourth within my uh, career path but um i think the first thing i would love to say is i'm more of a tech consultant right and a product designer so that that kind of covers my whole forte about everything i do so engineering comes as um, a necessity with all of like the whole tech consulting uh, part of my career. So primarily, right, what I get to do is um, I'm, I'm always evangelist for how brands should grow, um, utilizing design, technology, and strategy. So um, I've been doing that for about five to seven years um, actively, let's call it professionally, um, and then maybe for about 10 years, um, an extra three years unprofessionally. And uh, I've helped a lot of companies B two B two B two C companies do this same uh, process for their brands. How do you, how do you get to scale? Um, how do you get to commit so much um, funds into your everyday business and you're guaranteed of how do I make that money back? Right. Mm-hmm. So I've mastered how utilizing these three arms of design, strategy, and technology can help you scale your business, regardless of the industry you fall across, whether you're um, a, a product centric business, a service centric business, or um, you're in the retail chain, so um, and across various countries at the same time, because uh, we've had to um, communicate, and, and I've had to personally have to work with a lot of people within the US, Europe, um, and often like very big on how can we grow our very own continent. So, um, so that's what I've been all about mostly. Um, I'm CEO at Hemdol. Uh, also founding a new product um, as well, which we'll probably get to talk about later in this conversation today, hopefully. Um, and um, yeah, 
that's that's like a summary all about me for now. Uh, that's dope. That's pretty dope. That's very really interesting. Like, uh, I really seems like you do a lot. Um, so, and that's my that's where my first question will come in because it, I feel like you work with a wide range of people, like you've said, a wide range of businesses. You know, so yeah. how do you really like tailor what it is to do? How do you like? tell all like what it is you do with these particular brands like do you like have since you work with so many different people do you have like a like a strategy or like a you know a process that you go through so that you can like work with these people or how do you even like how do you like give people the results they're looking for is my question you know especially if it is like for instance why a podcast now or um and if we said okay hey this is can you work with us would you be able to work with us and how would you um have us work with you yeah so so there, there's really no uh one fit all strategy right uh, that works and and initially uh I'll, I'll give you a little background i think this will probably put some perception to um, perspective to that so i started out as a photographer right and i moved towards um i took some elevated pace towards design points um when i made the transition towards tech I figured something was very big was missing because like, yeah, design be very uh, aesthetically beautiful, like very colorful and fine, all of that. But more importantly, when I made the transition towards technology, I figured there was a very big vacuum that was there because businesses had um, maybe very interesting functionalities on their products or tech. And maybe um, the design or the aesthetics with regards to their brand was very enticing. But um, they still weren't like literally moving or scaling fast as I, I feel like the design and technology should provide. And that's where I understood strategy became a very core. And that's, that's where this conversation you're talking about lies in, the question you're asking basically. So for every business, regardless of your industry, we always was your core. What, uh, what's very unique to you as a business? What's, what's your audience? Uh, understanding your markets because the markets for... Uh, the person selling um, or, or the business in oil is a lot more different from the audience in the real estate, right? So we, we get to speak in law, spend a lot of time understanding industries or various markets. And the advantage doing that multiple times means um, in space of five, six years, you pretty much cover a lot of industries, very, very large as, as part of industries. So uh, we get to see things occur over time, uh, maybe sometimes a real call, and then we have ideas, oh, we've seen this before within this spectrum or within this space or in this industry. So we get a lot of ideas on like, oh, okay, if this is a pattern, how best? So when this when this similar cases get to a call several times, that gives us a lot of perspective on how best um, to address a couple of solutions from both a design standpoint and technology standpoint, because all of that is mostly execution. But the core about how what's most most like more more like a secret sauce is like uh, it's it lies in the strategy itself. That's that's basically how we get to look at various businesses, find the core, and help them scale. So a lot of what you have, a lot of um, this strategy too comes with experience too. You have to actually be exactly. in situations and uh, find solutions for these situations, and uh, then you know how to go about a different particular a, a different. Uh, uh, different a particular approach yeah particular, so, so yeah, that i got you i got you yeah um, true so um so let's start with hype dog that when i first heard the name i thought it was very interesting so i i googled it and i because i know i've heard that name before i just think i just don't know where so i googled it and i was like <laughs> okay where is this thing? And I, so i remember i thought now that particular uh, <laughs> that movie 
So, yeah. so where did that name come from? Is is that where it came from, or did you? Well, yeah. So, so if I'm being really honest, I, I can't actually say it came from, um, from Hemdall, the Marvel character, okay. particularly. Okay. Yeah, but a, a larger expanse of what we regard as our goals, right, comes from, um, from from the movie because uh, Hemdall gets to see a lot more outside of their universe, gets mm-hmm. to guide. Mm-hmm. Asgard, right? And the same way, the lot of businesses we get to encounter, um, and they they don't have the force. Most times they have the vision, and they have the zeal to to do a lot of things, but they don't have the foresight. They don't get to see a lot more into what their brand could be, right? We we say this all the time. In the last quarter, uh, we've had experiences with like five major businesses that um, they came to us thinking quite small, and we're like, see, this is what I think your business can be. And we put a lot of strategies and ideas together. We told them follow this to the letter, and let's let's pull this through. And tons of them are doing like millions of naira already. And this is like three months you already picked up this fast. You probably weren't thinking you were going to even do up to like a million naira in a month, mm. right? So, um, and re- regardless of the figures, that that's not always the, the point. The most important thing for me is always about. The, uh, the ability for us to scale your imagination beyond whatever it is you can comprehend. And more importantly, we're there to act as a watchtower or guardian for your business. We're basically there to guide people's business. We'll make sure you don't make the wrong mistakes in the industry. You don't uh, you don't go the wrong way, mostly. And that's, that's a lot of where uh, the Hemdog character falls in into the attributes of our brand. Mm. That's, that's, really, that's really dope that you guys can incorporate... Uh, yeah, that idea, not, not and that. yeah, I'm a Marvel fan as well. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say less. Um, so yeah, you talk about a lot of businesses and uh, whatnot. So, what's your what's the ideal client? What's your ideal client that you guys like to take on, or you guys look for? Or do people come to you? So, how does that work? Well, the, the first thing is, um, in in the, the era we live in today, um people talk let me use that word right regardless of whether they're positive or negative and you, you can't even hide from it so um personally I, I was one who wanted to spend a lot of time just you know what delivering solutions and not really spending so much time being out there but um because of because of how much value we create for brands um we have a lot of people who get to be like oh speak to this guy he did this for me or speak to this brand uh they they did that for me so can you um, look into my business and how can we see it. So we have a lot of people that come to us all the time. Yes, that's for, for one. And I'm very, I'm, I'm well backed behind a very amazing team. I, I have to, I have to be honest about that. Uh, my team has been a very remarkable support system on how we get, how we got to scale within the very short period of running this business. Right. So, um, so the first thing we always do is when we have businesses come to us, we, we don't just, we try to look out for if we make a great fit. Because um, we've understood um, as much as we want to get a paycheck, we're also very much interested in providing that solution because that solution is what sells us to the next guy without you even saying a word. So we want to also make sure that your ideas, um, they're also very outstanding. Um, two, you're also, you have a very strong strategy backing what you, at least a basic strategy, even if we're going to have to build on that, but we have at least you have a baseline idea of what you want to do for your business so we can build further on that. Because we have a lot of 
ideas or businesses that come through and uh, some of them are not well profound. They're probably just trying to copy some guy on the next side and um, they, they don't really thinking about it, the thought process about it so well. And that can be very detrimental both to the clients, wasteful to their own finances and also uh, non-productive for us as a brand. So we always look at these things and find the most uh, comfortable way to be honest uh, about that and tell you, oh, okay, if this if this can work for you, I think you should probably look at this from a different approach or from a different angle. Uh, and not just, of course, just say, oh, your idea is shitty. Or, no, we didn't we never do things like that. Uh, but more importantly, when we find out that we make very really great fits with a particular client or industry, then we, we dig down to like find out how best can we grow. And we put that as a very constructive pitch deck to you to look out for and then by the time you run through that that's basically what starts the relationship and that's why most of our clients you hear them use the word saying um they are our digital partners so most times we always we always look at our clients as partners we don't necessarily look at them as clients we always look at them as partners because um your failure is a very we've always feel a constructive part of your failure as our failure so we also want to make sure that your success is our success as well dope dope so yeah. like, uh, see, a lot of these things you're saying, I I, I would imagine that you, to be successful, you'd have to get a lot of res- you have to get results because it's one thing to just uh, bring up strategies and uh, of course, you know, and, of uh, course, and just expect people to listen to you because uh, first of, I don't think a lot of people would just take your advice. You know, they will be a little skeptical at first. Oh, trust me, they do. So, <laughs> they, <I> never mean, <laughs> with, they never, they never jump at it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what are some of the difficulties that you had either starting up or difficulties that you still have um, doing this, especially with def- your clients and the businesses you try to partner with? We definitely still have that. So, first of all, a larger part of what helps us is empathy, right? Um, I've, sp- I've also spent a lot of time being on the other side of the fence as a consumer, right? And even within my team, I always try to make sure that um, they also get to see things very constructively from a business standpoint or as a business owner. That helps us a lot to communicate well with them because communication is a very large part of how somebody can either accept an idea or reject it, Mm. right? Uh, It's just just, just the vibe on the energy on how you communicate with them can really play a big role on them trust. That trust factor comes a lot from that communication. And we we pay very much close attention to how we communicate with our clients, the way we communicate with them, and even uh, when. Right? The specific amount of the specific type of information we don't necessarily have to say at the beginning. And we know why we have to keep that because we, we probably feel like, oh, it's not so healthy talking about that first. And so that's one part of the empathy comes a very big comes like a very big plus for, for how we get to um, execute some of these things. But then more importantly, we've had a fair share of failure, right? Um the, the, I, I don't think any brand I don't think any brand will be successful enough without saying, oh, we've not had a um, few lapses. We've had, we've had tons of that, right? But we've also found perfect ways to scrutinize our processes, improve on them, and never really lay back and then build off further on that. Okay. You're with me, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, still, I'm still with you. I just was making sure you're... Yeah. Okay, so um, see, so now you've mentioned... Uh, so now, um, just so people can have like... Uh, a little more insight into what it is you do for these businesses. Can you give me an experience that went really, really well and also experience that maybe didn't go so well that you had to work on to make better for, like, the future? Yeah, okay. So uh, I'll give you, I think I'll start with um, a, a terrible one. So we had this uh, partner that was in clothing business, a clothing line business, 
And uh, when they approached us, they were like, oh, we just want to, uh, because we, we were also into web design, branding, printing, um, as well as engineering and all the things. So, and that's, that's the side of consulting itself. So uh, the person was like, oh, we, we just want you to build a website for us and that, that's it. And uh, we understood like there was a financial constraint on their budget, but we were like, you know what? We don't mind having to um, put an extra effort because we, we love the brand. We love the idea of the brand. And we're like, oh, we don't mind even partnering with you as some kind of investment on our end just to make sure that you scale because building a website wasn't all that you needed to, to scale. So uh, we made that kind of commitment to the bid to the, to the client and uh, we gave them like tons of strategies, but but then they constantly had like this uh, caliber of friends, and uh, the, the business owner had the caliber of friends and family and, and family members that were like, "Oh, um, I, I don't think you should take on this stride. You shouldn't do pull off this strategy. How will people perceive this?" And they were not like necessarily bad things. No, they were not. It was just unorthodox strategies that we wanted to pull off with PR, and um, and and of course investments that we wanted them to make in specific markets that was going to expand their reach. And they didn't try that out. Uh, so unfortunately, what that meant for us was we had a lot of wasted time, uh, which technically is investment to us as a, as a brand. Um, and what happened was uh, two months down the line, we had another person come up in the same industry, not necessarily the same type of, biz, um, of fashion, but then the same fashion industry, basically. And we were like, you know what? This, this idea wasn't pulled off by this client. How about we try with this one? But not as a partner anyway, but more of uh, a, a client. So we just, you know what, this is exactly what you should do. This is how you're going to do it. And we branded the person and shipped off their idea. And we were literally pulling off like their first um, 700K to about 2 million Naira worth of orders in a space of like the first two to three weeks. Right. And I didn't expect that. My, my thoughts was like, oh, you know what, probably we'll just do 500K in the first month and that like maybe another 500, 700 in the second month. But like they were able to pull off almost two point something. So they literally took what we said and built on it, amplified it with all of their strength. They were so committed to the mission. Right. And what I did for them was like by the, by the fourth, sixth month, they, we were going like this about our second year with that same brand. And by the sixth month, they were like, see, we want to get back on the table. We need more fresh ideas on how we can pull this off, right? And they're like, see, we don't mind even uh, commission you guys to like take on this niche for us, right? So, so um, we, that, that's, that was one of like um, a bad experience turned good later on, right? But then um, I think a very great one for us would be, um, so we, we, as, as part of this uh, big brand that was relying so much on intuition for making very strategic decisions to their everyday. And uh, what that meant basically was, uh, they had like series of products about about twelve to twenty something product lines, and um, in more than ten years of that business, there was no Id- constructive idea on what was the best selling market. They were not tracking data. So what I did was, uh, how about we analyze all of the data within a space of like three months, as short as three months. That's all I wanted to do, and we found out that where they were paying so much attention to uh, was not even what was their best selling market. It was just the highest paying market at least in, in one uh, as a product, right? So, um, but then in terms of like volume or in terms of like um, how many orders do you get uh, or frequency? Yeah, more like the frequency, it was not so fast. So you find out that the smaller, the, the, amount of, the amount of orders they get for that particular product can be like say one or two in a whole month while 
the ones they were not even paying attention to, they were probably getting about 50 to 70 of that in every every two, three days, right? So we, we switched up strategies and that affected basic uh, logistics, of course, um, as, as, well as, inve- as, as well as inventory uh, for the business. And they were doing almost close to three to 400 um, million naira in, uh, in annual revenue. And pulling up this same strategy in two years skyrocketed them by about close to 120 to 180% in revenue. Yeah, uh, that, that's how crazy it was, right? So so a part of why some of these strategies have become so, um, I'm so glued to them now is because um, at some point, some of them shocked me because, uh, yeah, I know that they, I, I, I want to get like very outstanding results from them. But when I get to track the uh, the, the, the flow and the progress through all of these things, I get to see some very amazing, outstanding stories that come out from them. Some of which um, gradually I get to tell the stories, like like I'm telling one now. Uh, but there's so many of these stories, like tons of them. I think I can have like almost 20 of them that uh, that are very successful stories from people who, uh, by paying very close attention to strategy, data, technology, design, all of these things got to make these businesses um, scale. Awesome, awesome, man. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for, for that. Yeah. Definitely would uh, help uh, anyone that had any questions about what it is that, how, how it is that you actually help these businesses. Um, yeah. So um, right now, Okuchi has finally joined us. He's finished cutting the grass. And he's here <laughs> now to, to, <laughs> to participate in the episode. Okuchi, you want to say what's up? Hey, man. Uh, what's good? What's good? It's your boy, JK, the chocolate monster, AK, the African wizard. I just want to clear it up for the listeners. When Dio said I was cutting grass, I think he misheard me. I said I was cutting out because there was a woman chasing me. Um, it's a long story. I, uh, I'll i explain later. But um, yeah, it's uh, good to be here. Hi, you I'm good, man. How you doing? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Now, who else is here? <laughs> no, it's just, it's just me and you and uh, Undu right now. Okay, cool. So, um, so Undu, I, I, so question for you. So, if there's anybody that wanted to start off, what it is that you're doing, or start off, uh, this is like being a marketing strategist. What advice would you give them to, uh, to start? Well, well, for one, right, uh, I, I think I get this a lot as well. I, I see a lot of product designers or maybe like um, everyday UI designers um, saying, "Okay, how do I make this transition?" And I think a very essential part is you need to understand people, right? Because um, at the end of the day, people buy products. There's no magic about it, right? From across any industry, it's people that actually buy things, right? So um, so you need to understand people from empathy to sometimes a little bit of even psychology, right? Because um, a larger part of what has also helped me was, was how my, I've learned to interact with people. Um, I think that was when I, I, I think when I had my first experience with understanding people a lot uh, when I read Psychology of Sales, right? Um, very interesting book. Uh, I advise everyone, like anyone that really wants to go very well deep into marketing to understand that. So like you have to wear a lot of hats. That's one of the honest truth about all of this. You you need to learn so many other things that are not necessarily within the specifics of that industry. One will want to feel like, oh, can I just learn to be a great um, sales guy or can maybe be an ability to talk and that might not cut it for you because you might be faced with a lot of challenges that require specialization in a particular industry and you need to you may not necessarily be so good at it but you need to have an idea on how that works or how best to communicate that 
um, to someone else or communicate within that industry. So um, understanding various, uh, it's not necessarily being the whole jack of all trade, but then you need to understand bits and pieces of other industries because that plays a very big role on how you can be able to see the wider picture. Interesting. Um, I, I swear to God, there I don't do no offense, but I think you'd be a very good yao yao boy, man. If 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 you put your talent alone, while you cash out any well, other, every day, man, we, we we signed up for this other part of the fence, so <laughs> we're fine with we're this one. Loud puppy. <laughs> yeah. Wow, really? <laughs> you have to say that. <laughs> okay, okay, she's not my side, man. You're completely off my side. Wow, that was a good laugh. Um, so, would you do you have any questions uh, for Undu? Oh yeah, I got mad questions for Undu, man. Um, where do I even start? Um, so you know, before we, we did the episode and everything and the conversation, a couple of conversations that we've had, um, yeah. I know I was telling Dario and I was telling you about how, like, when you, when you're just like, do I say living in your purpose, right? Like a lot of things just come full circle. I make certain connections and, you know, and I say this in relation to how, you know, uh, from the gospel love made the connection with you. Um, yeah. And I think one of our biggest questions as creators, because in a lot of ways, you know, Dario and I and everybody else on the team, we're we're trying to do things that are outside the box. We're trying to do things in this podcasting space that most people haven't done yet, right? And and yeah. with that like whole idea of innovation in a way like comes, um, do I say original headaches? Where it's like you can't really a lot of this stuff is not stuff that you can Google, right? It's not like you can yeah. go like how do I do this or how do I do that because again it's, it's not something that's that popular out. in our space exactly. So um. I say I say all that to say I I want to know like I have a question for you as far as like it, you know something that is this something that you guys do as far as like guiding people especially if, again if we're talking about in the podcasting space or in spaces where you know Nigerian creatives or African creators or whoever is stepping into a space where they're trying to do things that are so different do you guys also assist with that like and and what kind of advice will you give to people that are in that space and maybe even living in Nigeria where the culture is very uh, stifling in that regard yeah, so I, I think I'll try to give like a little um, illustration of um, an experience I've had. Um, okay. I can't mention specifically his name, but um, I, I met some very amazing artists. Uh, okay. he's, uh, he's a creative artist in terms of like like draw paint kind of artist. So okay. uh, he wanted to attend at Next, but he was like, see, he doesn't want it to just be all about people looking at the painting. He wanted people to feel the painting. And so mm -hmm. we had to place, we had to look at exploring how do you bring uh, visual sound and uh, of course what, uh, what you get to uh, experience around you into a space. So it became more of a very interesting um, holographic experience, right? So mm -hmm. um, that was not something um, I think anyone had really done. Maybe a few people have done it outside of Nigeria, but at least out of that time, it has not been really been done. And then we had, we're really trying to like explore on how best to get that sorted. So as you said, you will never really have like a workbook you can go back to and say, because that that's basically what innovation in its real nature is. You're creating something that is um, not completely original, but um, it's not technically available, at least at the moment. So, And then you have to rookie your way through this whole thing. So the reality is you most likely will fail 
uh, probably the first time. That's just the reality of this whole thing. But hmm. you have to also learn. Yeah, the, the, let's, let's, let's not kid ourselves about these things. Sometimes hmm. you pull it up. Sometimes you most likely might fail. But the truth is, in that process of failure, there's a very big aspect of the success. Because you get to understand exactly what works and what doesn't work. Take, take it that you're playing like say, um, uh, let's say FIFA game, right? And yeah. you know, using true ball or true pass will probably never work with this guy. He will always find some defender to block it. You will never try that again. So you clearly know that you have to work your way through passes to score, right? So um, understanding that has also been something that we try to help a lot of businesses. Uh, we, we we try to do as much as we can. Uh, and that's that's where learning a lot for us comes. We we spend at least nothing less than 40% of our revenue in R&D. As of today, we've been doing that for three years. A larger part of the funds we make, we don't necessarily even spend that. We put all of that into research. And that goes beyond we just researching for our very local community or local um, needs. We're looking out for how best do we understand what happens on a global level, um, to meet people's dreams. Because the thing is, we can't, we can't come at the forefront to say, oh, we want to uh, provide some kind of strategy or idea or advice to your dreams if we don't even find ways to get there ahead of time. So, uh, And that's why you see us saying things like, no matter how big your dreams are, we're right there. So yes, we, we try to meet that dream, but I always still feel like people dream. Like a lot of big, as crazy dreams are always there, right? So um, the, the point is, answering your question straight up is, yes, we, we always try to be available to put some measure of guide uh, and constructive um, pathway to how you can be able to transcend your idea into reality, right? Um, and even, even on our website, we say that all the time. Like, how do you get to... Um, you get to think innovation, build smart, build your ideas, build to reality, and then build handle. So yes, that answers your question. We can help you build your ideas to reality. Okay. And uh, what would you say, you know, during your time doing what it is that you do, what would you say is like, uh, what, do, what would you say are the biggest challenges for uh, for young creatives? Uh, so one of the biggest challenges is a process, I think. Um, because I've, I've always had to see a lot of people wanting to um, get to the success line or the end, end, end point line of, oh, I have achieved this, but um, they're never really so patient to walk through that process because the process involves so much. Uh, sometimes it can be very challenging mentally, physically, financially, and otherwise. So uh, most people are never really so patient enough to follow through the process. No one is necessarily saying you have to suffer to succeed. And that's where you say things like working hard and working smart. So we don't necessarily believe that you have to suffer so much, but we also understand clearly that um, success isn't overnight, right? Whatever perception you have around success, because it can mean different things to different people, but whatever it is you're trying to uh, achieve, it doesn't necessarily magically happen overnight. Like I'm having this conversation with you guys for uh, the first time, uh, and I've been at this for about seven years. And uh, it's, I'm not just picking an idea or I'm not picking up processes that just happened in, in, say, five months or two months or three years. No, these are things I've had to test run over and over again before I can constructively come out and say, oh, I think this thing works, right? It comes from a point of understanding process itself. So uh, a lot of creatives I get to meet, um, as, 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 uh, um, as inspiring as their zeal is, most times they're not necessarily so strong enough to stay through that process. And that becomes a very sad part of that whole conversation. So when you talk about process, um, how would you know when a process is like, when, when 
something is not part of the process and when something is like you should just wait it out and like keep let the process keep going because sometimes you end you start to start something and during the process you feel like oh this is not working so how do you know when it's not yeah. working or you just need to, to quit when, when do you when do you know when to quit yeah, when right so the truth is honestly yeah honestly we we truly don't know right and that comes from everyone's perseverance um some some years back uh, I, I got some good job offer from uh, one of the biggest gaming companies um, for me to move over, right? And it, it wasn't that that was like a missed opportunity for me, but it was clearly one of those things I wanted to be like, see, I, I want to be able to test um, my my ideologies and my talents on how do I help businesses scale uh, within a specified amount of years. So. The easiest way most times to understand process is give yourself metrics. So uh, whether you want to call them KPIs or OKRs, you could give yourself specific timelines to achieve specific things. And what that does for you is you know that there's a specific um, duration you have uh, because even when you're running a race, they don't give you all day, do they? No. So that race has a specific timeline you're supposed to do what you have to do within that frame. So if you give yourself those metrics and then you clearly define what success means to you or what you feel like. If, if the companies that get to start and they they, they, uh, they grow up to say $10 million, $30 million, $50 million, and they're like, I still don't feel like I made it as successful as I would have loved it to. And they, and they check, check out, they sell off the company and they, they try to move on to something else. But so there's somebody else that's probably going to say, oh, um, I make $5 million and like, whoa, I've made it for life, right? So um, the metrics are, is a very important part of that process. You need to understand what that success means to you. That's one. Uh, the second part is understanding the timelines you want to put for yourself to achieve specific things. And then more importantly, um, you also need to pay very close attention to what's happening around you. Um, if, if one isn't so sensitive to the environment, uh, for example, if, if one is coming out to say, oh, this year has been really bad one um I, I didn't make it at all you need to also understand that so many other people didn't necessarily make it right so you need to also understand that it wasn't just you and in as much as that's not an excuse but then um uh, it was a general uh, problem right so you can just not necessarily cut yourself some slack but then try to understand that um you need to be able to like oh look at the situation and try to readjust right so these are very realistic scenarios for you to be able to know when to quit and of course um having a guide whether we want to target as a mentor or you want to say oh you want to have somebody that um, you trust uh that's also been in that process because i i was i was i, I thought with a couple of my uh, close associates and colleagues the same thing i trust someone who has done something before than the guy who just says oh i can do this i can do that not, not necessarily because he can't right but uh i will have more respect for you uh, when I've seen that, oh, you've done this thing before, you've gone through this particular path before. And even if you're not necessarily so successful, you can tell me a few things about uh, the road I'm going on because you've seen it before and you could probably pinpoint a few things that, oh, I could probably, probably get wrong and then maybe places I could probably do things that's slightly different and, and then make my own way forward ahead of you. So two things that I'm hearing you say are basically are that um one it's okay to fail um sometimes yeah it's, failing it's, doesn't failing doesn't necessarily it's part of the process. failure right it's part of and, the process yeah and also secondly that you get to define what success and failure are for yourself yes because uh if, if you don't if you don't get to define that society will define it for you mm. so 
um, as much as you want to tag along with what society defines as success, those bar and those metrics have to be defined by yourself. Because if uh, if today we're saying uh, the world richest man is at a particular figure, and you decide that that's not a figure that is good with me, I think a lot maybe times two of that is should be what I'm comfortable with. Then you walk your way towards getting that, and the next thing is you'll be tapped as the world richest guy. So it's all about what you regard as your metrics, right? Um, and of course, you, you have to put in a lot of reality into that. You can't probably say, oh, um, you want to set um, a multi-billion dollar business uh, within a space of, like, say, three years and you don't even have 100K in your account in Naira, right? So you have to be realistic. I understand there's a God factor to so many things, but there, there has to be some kind of, are you equipped to get yourself there? What are the things that you need to have mentally, intellectually, financially, and otherwise, that can move you from that point A that you want to be to the point B that you want to regard as your success line. Gotcha, gotcha, for sure. Um, you know, to, to the point, and listening to everything that you've said so far, and, you, you know, you're talking about, like, um, a little bit about knowing yourself and being realistic about the circumstances, right? Um, yeah. One, one thing that I know that I struggled with growing up in Nigeria was um, being in environments where, like, if you did something and you didn't do it well, or, you know, um, you stumbled or you failed or something. There were, there was a lot of, do I say verbal abuse? And saying it like mm-hmm. that, that makes it sound like really soft, but it's just reality. Like when you're growing up as a kid, sure, and like, sure. you, you mess yeah. up and somebody's like, oh, I don't know, or, or this one, mm-hmm. this one, or they're calling you names, you know? And it's just like, yeah. Yeah, that. it makes you not want to try. It makes you not want to mm-hmm. try. And I know, and I know how that, like, I know how that affected me growing up and how long it took for me to, to get out of uh, that mental space. To, to get out of it. And I think a lot of Nigerians think, you know, when we talk about, like, in general, we talk about conversations about um, treatment by Nigerian parents and stuff. A lot of people think that they came out normal or that they came out fine. And they don't really <laughs> no, know. they didn't. They, they didn't. They don't know how those experiences, like, really... Affect you. Like, affect, yeah. Right, affected them in whether it's their ambition or the way they see the world, the way they see themselves, and all these other kind of things. So to, yeah. to that point, and, and hearing you, obviously, you know, you're a leader and you know what it is that you're talking about. That's not something that we see with a lot of men in general in the world, you know, put put money aside, put success aside, like that whole character and personality is not a reality for most men. If we're keeping, if we're being real. So I want to ask you, how did you get to that point in your life? You being a Nigerian man yourself and knowing, you know, what, what, what kind of struggles that, you know, that surround you and stuff like, how did you get to that point? And what kind of advice would you give to people who are at that like down point and they don't really believe in themselves? because they've had that kind of uh, conversation or language being like thrown your way. Thrown your way. So, so um, you're, you're hitting the very core point of, um, of the everyday life that a Nigerian faces, right? Because um, even the parents always have this perception about what you should be uh, and when you should even probably attain that. Uh, I, I don't know who put those metrics, but but then you find out that uh, you get to now see a lot of young millionaires that are not even in their twenties. They probably they don't. They're probably in their mid twenties, uh, and maybe twenty one, between twenty five. Now you're seeing a lot of influencers that are maybe twenty five and they're very comfortable. But that wasn't the case before. Everybody's probably looking at your life to start say about thirty and cool. So you find out that um, those people got to work with metrics that they believe in. And for people who are always in spaces that um, you're verbally abused, right? And you and the, the truth is, because you're in that space, you might not really know that that has a way of messing with your psychology or messing with your psychic and on how you get to want to 
be committed to your to your um, to your stuff or to your hustle. Uh, th- that's that's something that you have to fight your way through. If I'm being really honest, because uh, it's like a battle for it's a battle for your future. And if you're keeping your eyes on the prizes, there's something um, I would like to drop this here. So I, for one, never studied tech, right? Um, at least not later, not in my like later in my career, but originally, like my first, I have like two first degrees. And my very first degree, I, I read agricultural economics, right? And what that what that meant for for me coming out from like an everyday normal family in Nigeria was um, okay. Are you going to end up being a farmer or an economist? Or, of course, most of us always ship into the banking industry and things like that. But I was pretty much already uh, playing with design and coding from a very young age, right? Not not necessarily having to do exceptionally matters things, but then I was doing some very amazing things at my own at my own pace, right? And the only good part, referring to what you just said now, is I never still had my family backlash on me on, oh, okay, you're on one path, what are you doing? Like you're, you're doing this. Or like the way you have maybe someone being a very, a very great artist uh, and then the family is like, oh, no, you shouldn't do that and things like that. So we're constantly always faced with that abuse. But if you're lucky enough to be in an environment whereby that your creativity uh, is very encouraged, you're blessed. That that's the all. That's one of the first things I need to let every Nigerian know. If you're not, if you're probably not coming up from uh, a family that is super super wealthy, but you're creative and your family supports you, then trust me, you are blessed because you're you're already getting the love, and that love is already a very big uh, push that anyone needs. Now, if you're in a space whereby you're also not, the opposite is the case, right? What you need to do is put on your focus hat because if you're putting your eyes on the price which is the goal that you want to achieve the, the, the future that you want to build for yourself right you need to clearly understand that regardless of whatever anyone has to say about you you make your own dreams come true that's that's just the truth so uh it's not it's not some form of um, inspirational talk or um or trying to make you feel like oh this is unrealistic but the truth is you would struggle with that so many nights so many days and sometimes you almost want to feel like giving up. You want to like, you know what, let me just jump on this um, uh, career path that I feel like is very easy and uh, I'll probably just settle for that. But if you know the, the focus point on, if you have that focus point on exactly what you want to achieve for yourself, you have to just keep grinding all the time, right? There was a particular period in my, a phase in my life, I probably felt like, oh, wow, um, I, I was having less sleep, which was not really good for my health. Um, but then I was constantly having to do that because I knew probably my body could take that at a particular age. And um, and then what that meant is putting so many extra hours, right? Now I may not be able to put that, put in so much hours as, as I did then, but now I understand that, oh, you've constantly paid the price. You've learned on most of the things that you needed to learn. We, in as much as we understand that every day you're constantly learning, but you, I had to make those kind of sacrifices uh, it probably even it might cost you your friends sometimes, right? It could really cost you spending a lot of time with your family, um, and I can tell you that from first-hand knowledge. But regardless of that, you would want to also put your eyes on the price. That that's kind of like the consolation price to all of this. That's just the truth. I hear you. And that's yeah. and those are very very solid points that I think a lot of people needed to hear because you know when we talk about you know even even here in the states and in the diaspora and stuff when when people talk about Nigeria whether it's actual Nigerians having the discussion or it's people outside the community, they yeah. they talk about Nigerians as like serial um do, do I say, what's the word I'm looking for? Like 
like the, the, the thing about Nigerians in, in terms of serial success, right? Like it's like yeah. you know, we're just born with this thing in our DNA, and I yeah. think in the process of that, it, it starts setting a lot of these false standards. That if you're Nigerian, whatever it is that you do, whether it's school, whether it's work, whether automatically it's, blows up. Automatically, yes, like you're just smooth sailing, like and you just like do it, and that is it. Like there is no, there are no bumps in the road. You're just supposed to sweep through it. And what happens in the process is that those of us who like didn't who were like maybe 4.0 GPA type students or honor roll or those of us who didn't just like breeze through school like it was nothing, yeah, were swept under the rug. And yeah. it's like and like when you're now in that situation, people look at you like you're scum of the earth because. Like, how is it that, oh, everybody else that is excelling like that and that is in Harvard and everywhere else, like, do they have mm-hmm. to, like, you know, how the, you know how these conversations are. True, yeah, yeah. So, so I think it's, it's so important that, you know, whoever has a platform like this uses it to, like, let people know, like, yo, you're not the only person that is going through this. You're not the only one that's going through it. And no, it's going the, the, the reality of this whole thing is, like, you, we all constantly grind. Even the most successful ones, the only, the only thing that happens is not all of them come out to share the stories and tell you their process. A lot mm. of them spend a lot of time grinding so hard that when they come out on the other side of the tunnel, everyone just sees that and they're so focused on that and they forget. And that's why you see a lot of, I think the whole 10 years challenge did a lot of good for so many people. You got to see some people, how they were before and how they were. Yeah, we all laughed about it, but look very close in between those lines. What you'd have seen is a lot of changes happen for people between a space of 10 years. And that clearly shows process. It shows that something, they were at a particular point in their life and they had to do so much within that space of those 10 years to get to the other side of how they pretty much physically look or uh, where they are financially or location and all of that. Yeah, that's that's straight facts. And I you know I I know a lot of people were like looking at that challenge like, oh, like, of course, somebody's going to look different in 10 years. But no, mm-hmm. really, like, see, like in those pictures, it reflects like a difference in quality of life. You know, sure, uh, sure. probably even self care to an extent, because I know looking at pictures of myself from ten years ago, I'm like, yo, guy, all those babies we've been the toast. How you take? How you take one? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you have a, you have any uh, question you want to ask? Um, no, right, no, right now. Uh, Sultan is here, though. Sultan, you want to see? It was good. It was good. It was good. It's a Sultan. Of one of the members of the From Love podcast for the guests, just in case they didn't know. Guy, clear your throat. No, they use bedroom voice for you. Nah, man, you know the vibes. This is the new, new Bushido. No, I don't know the vibes. My superpowers have come in early. You know? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yo, yo, I'm just joking. I beg, I beg. It was good, man. My, my bad for the delay. You know, niggas, we have we have some peas. You know, we just we just finished that. You know, now we're ready to part. So, hi, Sultan. Welcome, <laughs> Sultan. Uh, your list of priorities: Does the podcast come before Punani? Is Punani before podcast? Uh, but it depends. You know, it depends on the day. <laughs> Thank you for clearing up all your priorities, all right. Thank yeah, you. you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> I still love from Lagos to love though, you know. This is my baby, you know, but I mean, you know, just something about the woman you can't you can't deny, you know. <laughs> she, she, they use this podcast sliding to the, like you they use them. <laughs> nah, I beg, I'm just joking though. Know, I beg, I beg I, there was there was no PO. Like niggas had to go and do fix my car. Like so Is that what you call it now? 
let's get back. Let's go. Let's get back. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Um, so, um, uh, you were talking about um, so a, a new technology that you're about to put out. Can you shed some light on that? Yeah. So, um, so pretty much we've like been been looking at um, this same process of decision making, strategy design, all of that. Um, we're, we're picking the most essential part of that whole process, which is strategy and decision making. Because I think what guides a lot of businesses to uh, fail or succeed is uh, the decision, and that lies in understanding what works for your business and what doesn't. And a larger part of that comes from uh, data, uh, but but mostly on this part of the world. Or generally, we, we have a lot of people who make a lot of decisions based on their gut feeling, which is not so bad, right? It's not so bad, but it can be really trusted, um, especially when you're dealing with um, numbers, metrics, and the likes of things like that. So uh, we're building an AI technology that gets to help uh, businesses understand their business better, uh, as well as um, scale their business at the same time. So in layman terms, how do you make more profits? You reduce how much you spend and make more money. So the difference becomes your, your profits, technically speaking. So we're, we're developing a technology that helps in your day-to-day operational activities, understanding how your market works, uh, understand, helping you do your day-to-day stuff. Uh, if you need to do some kind of accounting, automation processes, and all of that, you have an engine that gets to take all care of that. And at the same time, it gets to act like your own very operation Siri, right? So it gets to tell you, oh, hey, bro, you're doing this thing wrong. Um, this stuff you're selling is probably not the best market for you. I think you should do this other one. How about you reduce your, your cost margins by 20% and sell, let's say, about um, 10 orders? You probably make an increased profit of this. And you probably won't have done that math to understand what you should have done, right? But it does that for you, tells you what you need to do, gives you strategic uh, alliances on what uh, best moves you need to make within your market. Because... Uh, on, on the global level, what it's doing is it's analyzing data from a large number of industries, a large number of people, and understanding demand and supply to the very um, last bit of so the very little atom of, of it. So, um, so basically, we're, we're launching that within the first quarter of next year. We're very super excited about that. We've had uh, a couple of big names in the industry test run at least the first phase of the product. Uh, and we're doing that because at the same time, we don't like talking cheap. We like making sure that, see, we're backing whatever it is we say with actionable evidence. So uh, we're having a couple of industries test run it, utilize it for their day-to-day activities. And we're seeing so many interesting uh, progress come out of that, how it's helping them scale better, make better decisions and the likes of that. So we're looking at how do we do that and make it very affordable because um, we can increase the growth curve by only feeding the rich, right? I, I've never been someone that is uh, not necessarily Robin Hood, but I've never really believed in the ideology of only scaling big brands. I feel like for you to grow an economy, you need to make sure that you take a large set of uh, both the low class, the middle class, and the high class and scale them evenly. So we're paying a lot of attention to the informal markets, which generates about 65% of the population within Nigeria alone. And uh, we're also creating products that can also service larger corporate industries as well. 
and make sure that it's quite affordable. Trust me, it's very, very affordable for the price that we're putting it at. Uh, compared to a few of the global brands doing something similar, it's uh, ridiculous. But we're counting on not just volumes, but we're looking at um, the growth curve is going to provide within the African continent as a whole, uh, as what would be our price. So um, we're looking forward to that. We're super excited. Um, and let, let's see how it goes. We'll probably get to talk about that a lot more within the first quarter of next year. Just, just curious, real quick. Is this so? Is this some sort of like business assistant, like AI type of technology, or? Yeah, like, kind of, but okay. kind of, but not topically that. But yeah, but it's more. You can pick out the words business, pick out the AI part of it, and uh, but not necessarily assi- Yeah, you can call it assisting you, but more of it's like your business partner. So it's more of the, the smart. So I, I had I, I was I was at an interview and someone asked me, so can you define the personality of this product? And I think the best way to look at it is call it a twenty eight year old girl that is super smart and is super loyal to you. So the loyalty is a very strong part of the brand or the product itself because it's very interested in your growth, right? But then um, it's, it, it carries the personality of someone that is very young at heart, understanding all the day-to-day activities of a modern digital age, as well as understanding, very, it's very intelligent to understand um, what it takes basically for you to scale within a very competitive terrain. Because what comes with um, th- this fourth industrial revolution we're, we're approaching is we have a lot of businesses that are moving towards um, digital brands um, and all of that. People are not, we have the conversations that say, oh, do I move on digital marketing or traditional marketing and things like that. So everybody's moving to the internet, right? And what that means is the competition is going to get very, very tight. So how do you survive within the terrains of business in a digital age? And that's what um, the tool is going to be there for, making sure that you take one step in front of the other constantly and not going back. So, do I have a question regarding, like, I guess this is a more personal question, right? A lot of times when, you know, you're dealing with, like, people that are, like, in that heavily involved in the tech industry or that are entrepreneurs or, like, very innovative in that sense, um, the stigma, or not just even a stigma, like, in my experience, a lot of them, outside of, like, the work that they do, they don't really have, like, much of a, I say, much of a personality, right? They don't, like, they're not really, like, outgoing like that the only thing is me and, my, me and my computer screen and that's it like social skills zero right yeah uh, what are some things that you do that to make sure that you, you you know like you 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 do the work but that you're also like taking care of yourself and that you're also like maintaining like a personality and, and you know things like that yeah <laughs> okay so um i i wouldn't deny what you just said first of all like a lot of my colleagues <laughs> A lot of my colleagues are like that. And mm-hmm. uh, that's because we easy, could easily get carried away. You're so focused mm-hmm. on the, the supposed goal and forget that the goal isn't just all about um, creating tech or creating solutions, but also the soft skills are a very big part of that. Remember when I talked about um, having a very, um, a very strong support team? So a larger part of how I keep my balance, I owe it to my team. So, because basically what they help me do is keep uh, both the uh, the soft skill balance, um, not soft skill best as a person, right? Um, I think that comes to me naturally, but more of how do I keep the balance outside of work? Uh, that comes from my team. And then I'm always constantly trying to be surrounded by uh, people that I care about because um, you could easily get carried away and not want to be like, oh, okay, I'm so busy. I can make this call. I can see this person and things like that. So the best way most times I do that is I'm constantly surrounded by people that I love and care about. 
so I always make time for uh, family as well. It's, not, it's never always very easy, trust me. I'm, I'm constantly always having to deal with that battle, but it's something I'm also committed to. So the same way I prioritize solution-driven um, strategies towards brands and, and others, others at, the, at the same time, I'm also very committed towards uh, every other thing that can help you grow as a person because you can't do so much if you're, I don't know, if you're dead, right? So, um, and a lot of things that keep you alive, not necessarily just uh, alive, alive, but keep you mentally sane is um all of the energy you get around you that comes from people you work with um your family your loved ones and if you're married you have your or your girlfriend things like that so i always try to keep that balance constantly like i'm very committed to it I, I don't joke with it it's as important as the work i do as well so that helps me keep that balance uh sometimes if i'm very honest i get to derail and sometimes i want to always you know um, i'm shutting off um no calls i get to, you can only call me on a private line if you have it i'm out for the next one or two months i need to do some deep dive and I'll give one long speech at the office and bounce. And I want to probably go to some place and just focus on work. I do that all the time. But uh, halfway through that process, I'm trying to do that. I come back to understanding why am I doing what I do? And I have to come back to status quo, which is, you know what, keep that balance. If you can't keep the balance, it's very difficult for you to scale, right? And that's the honest truth I tell a few of my colleagues as well. So um, we all try to practice it. I try to, a few of my friends, I try to tell them the same thing to do. And I probably encourage every creative that is playing on my level to also do the same. Uh, I appreciate you, like, being honest about all those things. Sorry, Sultan, yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, just curious to, like, are you based, you're based in, because I miss, obviously I miss the bringing part, but you're based in Nigeria. Just make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like how has like because I know like now tech creatives, especially in this whole NSARS era that we're in, how like have you like had any issues dealing with like the Nigerian government and stuff? Because for some reason, <laughs> it seems like it's a trend for them to like find young tech creatives and find a way to just demoralize them or destabilize them. As current, an example was like I think was the um. Was it one of these Okada apps that they banned or something that was making money? Yeah, Gokada. Gokada. Yeah, like they just find like different ways to like. To <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So just wondering if that's happened to you. Well, so so the thing is, we all. Um, I think a larger part of why everyone is uh, speaking in one voice in a way is you can um, an individual or a brand can only be as great as the economy that drives it, right? Um, you'd be shocked at how much mm. uh, investment goes into power, for one. Like how, how much you have to run, say, a, I don't know, a generator, a mechanical generator and things like that constantly simply because you're trying to make sure that you have constant electricity to deliver or, or to work, basically, as regards to all investments and things like that, security and all of that. And personally, yeah, I've, <laughs> I think there are very few people that can say they've been in Lagos Right. And you've had to, I don't know, be an entrepreneur, make a few movements at night. And probably you've not had one or two experiences. I, I've had one. Um, I don't think I talked about it publicly then. Um, I've had two, actually. But one was more serious because that was almost a near-death experience. The second one was more mild. And I just had to, like, uh, quote-unquote, pay my way through just resolving the whole thing and leaving. So it's not it's not uh, it's not something that is very funny and so something anyone wants to take lightly. It's not even a conversation anyone wants to laugh about. And uh, as much as we're having faith and hope that um, we would find a way forward with this, some people don't see the 
end of this tunnel. That's just the truth. Um, but I think all we just have to do is constantly keep the faith and keep the fight going and hope that uh, we'll probably find a very constructive way out of this because uh, it's a government, for crying out loud. They, they have a lot of um, influence and backing. And regardless of what we would want to put to fight against that, uh, that feels like a very unfair fight. Right, and um, it's it's sad that that's happening, but we we we're seeing a lot of this all over the world. Although ours is seeming very um, very very crazy, but this happening all over the world. So um, I think it's something that um, it's not it's not a nice thing. I would I wouldn't I wouldn't even advise anybody to want to see that or encounter anything like that. No, nah, it's not it's not funny at all. Would you say like? Um... Like in terms of like your tech field or the type of technology you are talking, we say like there's huge potential for that in Nigeria, or is that something that like you are just trying to testing to see if there is, or do you feel like is do you feel like there's evidence that there is potential for a tech type of technology to succeed? Yeah, yeah, it, there is like a huge part, part of it because here, here's a lot of what we're trying to do. Um, some economies have done that. In the U.S., a lot of, com- a lot of economies, because l- look at success uh, trajectory of uh, the U.S. and pretty much every other big economy. Um, it's been fostered very much by um, technology, a heavy amount of technology, right? And regardless of what we think and how creative we are or how innovative we might want to be, we've still not even scratched the surface of that on this part of the continent. We're not. Trust me, we've not. We've not even gone halfway through. Um, I've, I've had to be in a few summits and I've had like a couple of my colleagues um, in Europe communicated with them. And when you hear the conversation coming out both ways, you find, get to find out that um, that's why you see a lot of businesses or companies coming to want to explode their markets within the African space. We have the numbers in terms of the market share, but at the same time, uh, we have a lot of creative individuals. They love, there's a lot of technologies that are coming out of of uh, of Europe that are being built by Nigerians, not just Nigerians living there, but Nigerians that are working remotely from this part of the continent, right? So, um, if it's the market, yes, we have the market. If it's uh, if it's the talent, uh, we're getting there. I wouldn't say we have the talent completely, myself inclusive. We're all growing, uh, but more importantly, um, we is the need or the demand for that for that amount of technology in, in, the, in this space to happen. Yes, we need all of that. We need all of that, a lot more of it, if, if possible. Okay, okay, yeah. that, 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 makes, that makes sense. Do you feel like yeah, there's a lot of competition in, in your market space, or do you feel like you're like the forerunners? Well, front runners? <laughs> well, uh, there's always competition, right? Um, as long as there's one more person, there's competition. <laughs> so. Uh, but but I don't think the market is saturated yet. There's there's a there's a mental ideology that oh it's saturated. Lagos is saturated. You have to buy the companies and things like that. But um, I'd rather not focus most times on the individuals or the numbers of people that you get to probably check online and you see oh you see tons of tech companies. But I think the focus is on how many tech companies or how many individuals are actually making progress. How many people are actually creating actionable solutions? Because if those solutions are not there, anyone can just put up a name and of course, get a CSE document and say they're doing a the company. So not necessarily to uh, put any form of disrespect to my colleagues, right? But um, the competition would always be there. It's even necessary. It's healthy for the competition to be there to foster growth, even within. Because if you don't get challenged, you get relaxed. And, and that's why you see uh, the big brands in, 
Apple and Co. You see them wanting to say, oh, I want to have two cameras. One camera today, tomorrow is two cameras. Now it's three. And who knows? Maybe by the end of 2030, probably we'll have like seven cameras on the iPhone. But but just saying anyways. But my point I'm trying to drive mm-hmm. is we're constantly having challenge, right? And we're constantly having competition. And that's healthy for any industry. It's very necessary because it keeps you on your toes all the time. So, okay. Yeah. Well, just one more question. My bad. I know, like, you guys have been asking. I hope that your could you help you guys don't have like I'm not taking over. No, I definitely, I definitely have a problem with you asking questions. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. No, just sure, you know, because I've, I've asked like three or four in a row now. That's what, no, no, um, go, go so, ahead, bro. You just joined in. So, so like, is your platform going to be like cloud based or like more local? Oh, yeah. Like, no, of course, of course, SaaS is the future. So, yeah. okay. oh, SaaS, SaaS is now, not even SaaS is the future, it's now. I mean, so, it's, it's, yeah, okay. anything cloud, you, you can't do anything local anymore. So, so how are you going to source this data? Because, um, just that's one thing I'm because I do like IT and I, I'm, I'm studying mm-hmm. IT, I'm doing like cloud now, so I'm very yeah. like fascinated with topics like this. So, uh, because like we do live in an era of like big data, so just curious to how you plan on sourcing all this data because there is a lot of data like out there like so how do you plan on sourcing and analyzing this data in order in order to prof- like provide valuable metrics to like uh yeah user? so so uh i, I can't say so much for and for my lawyers get to kill me but but anyways the, the part i can talk about is um the the process that it involves the technology itself and the process that it involves sources the data by itself so okay. it's not, yeah, it's part of the process. So basically it's more of a mining, uh, refining and processing engine. Okay. On the technology aspect of it, it's more of a mining, resourcing and processing engine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much the, the main questions I had. Real quick. Uh, just so you guys know, our first lady has, okay, I thought she was here, but she's not anymore. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, you guys can go ahead then. I thought Shokwe was here, but. No, you can you can take the network out of Nigeria, but you can't take the network problems out of the Samsung. <laughs> <something. laughs> uh, but <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's deep, man. <laughs> it's true. I want to you. Like that's really deep. Like we are struggling here with the, with the Wi-Fi and network. Not, obviously, it's not as bad as Nigeria, but almost they know they try here for they know they try for years. Uh, so um uh, to wrap up, Undo, I just I'm uh, just curious as to um because again I want to use this opportunity because you're you're dropping a lot of game and you know just the way you're articulating um problems and solutions and an understanding of uh, a lot of these topics, not a lot of people can give you that you know even if they are good at what they do, right? So yeah. I just want to use the opportunity um for you know people who because recently we've been getting a lot of um people that like started podcasts. You know, I guess in the way they look up to us, they just really enjoy our content. Um, and for those people that are listening, that are tuned in, or just if you, even if you're not doing a podcast, you're somebody who wants to start something up. Um, what advice, firstly, would you give to uh, upcoming podcasters who, you know, as much as they enjoy what it is that they do, but they want to uh, also make profit? Like, what you know, I know that you also do consultations and stuff like that. But before, you know, they get to that point, like what, you know, beginning steps would you advise that they take? Well, as much as that would be a very honest question for you to answer because you've done that already. But um, what I would think, yeah, but what I think I would easily say is um, b- before you get to, before I get to like say, oh, I want to take on um, 
a, a niche, right? Um, you need to clearly understand your audience. I, I think we talked about that earlier on, about uh, people, understanding people. So understanding that niche, before we get to delivery and all of that, you need to understand your niche. That's the first thing, because that will make you understand what kind of conversations you want to be talking about, what kind of topics do you want to talk about. Uh, because that would put a lot of guide to the people that you're interested in. Because when you, for example, say you're looking at Google Trends and you're checking out uh, cooking versus, um, uh, let's say, drinking, right? If you're looking at the two and then you're looking at Google Trends to find uh, which has more traction or traffic or what people more interested in that conversation, then you can easily know, okay, what is my expected audience within a particular uh, location, right? So, um, and then you want to clearly define who your um, the location where you probably the audience that you want to yes i know it's uh, you can easily assess anyone globally right but you want to clearly understand okay uh, is there language barrier is there um, is there an access barrier in terms of do you need people to um, probably access your podcast through the internet directly or do they need to probably come to some specific platform and, and that's where before you start getting to the parts of um, dissemination or distribution of uh, information uh, what platforms are you are they happening are you getting to do that on on one call and then pre-record or recording live and things like that so there's so many conversations that you would have to clarify first and as a business normally that's where you tag your whole business plan and strategy com coming through so i think anybody that wants to start a podcast for the first time I think the first thing they need to do is identify your audience, like know exactly who do you want to be talking to, or who do you want to be listening to you, right? And uh, of course, network, because um, for one, if we probably weren't networking or trying to reach out to, um, or open open up to more audiences, right? I don't think we'll probably even be on this call. And, and it's also meeting all of you guys, right? So, um, so I think the networking part of things play a very big role in how you can grow your podcast because you see people taking audiences from Instagram, moving them over to YouTube, and you're seeing people taking the audiences from TikTok, moving them over to Instagram, right? So that, that in its own nature is networking. So you, you have to make sure that how are you distributing your market? Where are you getting audience from? How are you moving them? Because that transition sometimes is very important because you might have so many, like, like a couple of um, team members, uh, one of my one of my key strategists within my team that's like, he has like almost uh, 20 to 30K on Twitter. And guess what? He doesn't have up to like uh, 2,000 followers on Instagram. And that's because he's just so focused on that audience, right? So, um, so, so that's one of the key things I think um, a lot of, I don't know, new people coming to the podcast space would want to do. Understand, do your research, understand exactly all platforms, what are different ones and why they function the way they do, right? Um, and of course, try to learn, um, learn from those that have done it before. The good part is go doing anything on the internet now is a lot more easier because like Google helps. So like get, do the due research and find out exactly uh, what basic steps do you need to do to start up, at least to set up, first of all, before you now start talking about, because the strategy comes from you, but understanding the process on execution comes from what you research on. 
Okay. Okay. Um, those are very good points. And I'm just going to say this, like, you know, this is conversations like this, uh, you know, why people like Umbu exist because, you know, they assist people in that process. Cause I know when I was starting a podcast, I was doing all that research. And unfortunately the way that worked out for me was like, I ended up not starting as soon as I wanted to, because I was overthinking it just like, yo, like what if this equipment is not as good as this one or what if this one doesn't work yeah. out? Um, and, but sure. to your earlier point about trial and error, you know, definitely I would encourage people to also um, do that. Um, like, just just do it. A lot of people get so caught up in that thinking process. They think everything needs to be perfect. Doing research does not mean that, you you know, your whatever it is that you're doing has to, like, blow immediately. Like, you just, you know, just at least put in the work and, like, see what works and then make adjustments accordingly, you know. Um, exactly. Yeah, and uh, to wrap up, uh, we have a, we have a session or a part of the, the our episodes that we call the uh, sleepers, uh, where we you know uh, play music that we would like other people to like listen to, you know, songs that we feel like are are slept on. Um, so, do you have any song like do you have a song or something that you would like you know that you'd like to share with people that you think you know they'd enjoy? You guys see the day? Yeah, hello. I'm, I'm here. Um, I think he just left. Download the episode, like so. I think How long were you guys interviewing for? I mean, now we're like an hour and eight minutes, and I did like the episode cuts after like eight minutes when I started, but uh. um, I have everything here though. He's back. One second. Okay. Undo. Oh, sorry guys, lost you for there. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, so did you hear, did you hear my question? No, no, I didn't. Okay. Um, so I was saying that we have we have a segment of the podcast that we call uh, Sleepers. Uh, and basically what it is is like we just play music that we'd like for other people to hear, like music that we find uh, to be good or interesting. And I was asking if you have a song that you'd like to share with people that you think that they might enjoy. Oh, Okay. Um, so, so I think I've had, um, I think I've had, um, this week, I think mostly I've had Melo by Leah on repeat. So yeah, that, I think Isn't that's that David's like, artist. Oh, yeah. That new babe that did yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, you about to type into that. So I don't know, Daya, do you guys have sleepers? I mean, um, my sleeper would be Caro by um, YP and Azanti. That, you that really, you no know, see, they suppose hire you for that PR for that for that EP, bro. No, no, that EP, <laughs> that, that, that EP. <laughs> you really enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm I'm so angry. Like I slept on it for like the longest time, bro. Like that's just right, because that, that yeah, yeah, you do. No, because like. Bro, like all these, like I feel like for me now, the future for me of all these music is like all these like six, seven song like EPs, bro. Like, right. yeah, nobody yeah. trying to. I'm not trying to listen to no like 30, 40 song album Second. again. <laughs> yeah, I beg. Like, I like that. Like an EP, a solid EP that of like seven, eight songs is like to me. Like, you don't need anything else. Like, honestly, but I do understand like albums and like niggas want to create experiences and stuff. But a lot of the time, it'd be like they, they blow those albums with like filler songs. Like, like, just give me the core songs and stuff. That's why I like all this stuff for. That's why I feel like this EP did well. So, and yeah, Karu. What, what was the last album that you listened to that you thought like was good from beginning to end? Because I think those are rare these days. 
Oh, wow. I, I, can't, I don't think I can remember the name exactly, but I think it was the one of MI released during the COVID period. Um, young Dance. Is it Young uh, Dance? Okay, no, it was not Young Dance. No, no, no. no, no. no. Is, it, is it the um, joint one? Something did, like AQ, AQ or something like yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yes. Something reports. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. okay. I know the one you're talking about with... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. okay. So you listen what? to rap too? Yeah, 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 I do. I do. Okay. Um, real, real question, um, pop question. So, who, who of the big three, Bernard, Davido, and Wiz, which one? Which oh, don't, do don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Come on. <laughs> so, I li- so we all know we listen to them for different reasons, right? So, like, it's difficult to like. Shall I hear? See which one? Pick that's one. A good, that's a good oh, that's a point. Pick you one. Shall I hear? Pick one. One gives us lyrics, the other gives us good vibes, the other probably just. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Who and who? So, so, so David Doe. Wiz and Bonner. The big three. Wiz and Bonner. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Which one? So, what am I supposed to do? I'm just choosing one. Oh, oh. Or rank them, rank them, rank them. Th- or oh, rank, okay. So rank. Uh, In terms of albums that they dropped. Yeah, if I'm going to, yeah, if I'm going to rank Bernard David Wiz. Bernard, okay. Sorry, okay. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's. I'm weak. I knew Dio would laugh. I knew Dio would laugh. Sorry, man. Because Dio wasn't feeling that with his album. Like, so I'm not. I knew that nigga was gonna laugh with you. I was. I wasn't. I. I really. I really tried. Trust me. I. I really tried. I had to like throughout like two days back to back trying to feel mm-hmm. some but then compared to all the other songs I've, I was like nah, nah. It, it didn't hit yeah. me well maybe other ones did but this one didn't so much nah, this, this has been I a strange year for Nigerian music in general because like I feel like there's not I been one hit like you know yeah, it's, sure there's like been a hit or something but it's like a complete roller coaster. yeah I think yeah. that transition from hit making hit making to albums and stuff now that's what it's going yeah on. yeah that's true that's actually true because there's no last year, which what was the hit? Was it not was it not Zlatan Zanku songs or something? I can't remember which one yeah. was the was, was the hit. Yeah, was I'm, a, me, I'm still I'm still of the opinion that some artists don't need to be dropping albums. Example, techno. Yeah, but I, I, yeah. So 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 I think I think like um, that's where you kind of differentiate the chaff from the wheat because you find mm. a lot of people. If for you to be able to keep up with um, creating albums, like that makes you like really exceptional, like. So some of them just need to save themselves that whole I don't know strain and just stick to hit making and just leave the album business completely, if possible. Uh, okay, this is Melo by Ilya. That's a good sample.
Um, I didn't think that babe song would be that good because I've been seeing like her like, face and stuff, but I just I was like, I don't know if I want to tap into this because a lot of like Nigerian female artists have been disappointing me. But this is actually a pretty good song. I really like the sample. That one, I like German. That I think it was Angelique Joe. That Angelique Joe song. I sure was fire. Oh, really? Yeah, that was a dope song. Yeah, that was, that was a dope song. I like to you. I was not even expecting much. Uh, this is my first time hearing yeah, this song because yeah, I've been yeah, seeing yeah. it all over, but I just right. I just ignore it. Yeah, like right. But it's actually not bad. Yeah, I know it sounds misogynistic, but <laughs> I mean that's that's a put you. Me, my own. I just didn't listen to it. But you specifically said because she's over mine. Well, you guys have no joy at all. <laughs> Um, in the spirit of like you know, um, working hard but also playing hard, um, I uh, picked this sleeper which I really enjoy. Uh, it's called "Something Must Kill a Man" by Simaya. That's definitely not Simaya. Something must to kill a man. Something must to kill a man. You know me, say man, no go plan. You know me, say you go for your hand. Something must to kill a man. You know me, say man, no go plan. You know me, say you go for your hand. Something must to kill a man. Something must to kill a man. You know me, say man, no go plan. You know me, say you go for your hand. one is Sultan's which is Carol by Psycho YP. And Zanti, you know the vibes. <laughs> Try to share his opinion. Yeah, was broke. I went in, I make millions. And I don't. It don't matter where I take you. Take you, gon' still take gold. And you know I 
Yeah, the place where they no try now for setting that P for the episode, but we move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get sleeper. Yeah, my one is from this techno album. I know you're not fucking with it, but really, I've been wow. This song, so I... Okay, let's have it. Techno's ability to just put the round, most random words together and make like good songs is undefeated. <laughs> Tribalism, I mean, the... sweets like F- mango, byland, byland. Like who, who does that? But... <laughs> Tra- Tra- no argument, no argument there. <laughs> Tribalism, FC here again. Like some, bro, I swear, bro. Techno be singing in the most egotic accent ever, bro. That I don't know what that bro. means. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> My potato. <laughs> and I said Undo, you know what, Undo, honestly, thank you for joining because this is the safest I've felt on this podcast. You know, it's not easy. Oh, wow. Okay, not... surrounded by non-Ibo guys, right? <laughs> yeah, my people will teach you. What's going on? Okuchi is spreading fake news. 
fake news. Oh yeah, you're all with that one, anyways. Whoever left you, see, you're low here. But but then my my girl is saying though. Somebody getting numb the corner on the line, please. Um, <laughs> that will be um, our next guest. <laughs> Bro, that podcast will blow it. Oh, more. <laughs> oh man. Um, to wrap things up, where, where can people who you know want to consult with you or do business with you? How, how do they find you? How do they get in contact with you? Well, I I think um I'm not re- most people always feel like um, tech guys are like big on Twitter. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. hoping to make that transition properly next year but i think like where mm-hmm. you can easily find me any day anytime is on linkedin i'm like okay. I'm very communicative on linkedin i always respond two for seven um oh, okay. yeah uh, i think that's like the best place to find me LinkedIn. so what they look what they look up if they want to find you on, on linkedin my name undre komado like, can you spell it out for the people that are, you know, slow? Undo, undo, end. <laughs> undo. For, for, the non, for the non-Ibo indigenous, right? Since you want to kill them now. <laughs> Don't mind me, guys. I'm just messaging you. Uh, undo, N-D-U. Then, Ikwomadu is E-K-W-O-M-A-D-U. All right. Um, uh, shout out to your PA who reached out to us because, you know, when we asked her, you know why she thought that this would be a good platform for you and she was talking about how she felt like you had so much to say about the world i totally see where she was coming from like and i'm surprised that you you know you you're not somebody at least from what she was describing that you haven't been like outspoken like that in the media or just like in general you know what that's a very good point that's a very good yeah maybe, yeah maybe yeah a so, tech podcast nigerian tech podcast yeah no no, no. so, so we've been we've been on the whole uh product design podcast because like um the industry has been flooded with a lot of people calling themselves product designers and i really honestly wish they have the quality of what i would love a product designer or a product manager to have but most of us don't mm. Um, so I've been, I've been looking forward to like probably, um, creating a platform like that. We actually even wanted to go as far as, um, creating the school. We had like some big partners and sponsors that wanted to come through, but, uh, COVID happened and, um, well, we wanted to also still play remote, but we had too many activities flooded in one year. So we're like, you know what, let's look at what next year would hold for. Are you, are you, are you a product designer also? Cause I'm a pro, I, I used to be a product designer. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I've had I've had to wear that hat at some point. In my career, hat, yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Me, I decided that it wasn't a, a good career fit for me, like because as a being a black product designer in the United States is not easy. I ain't gonna lie to you, but that's why I had to switch to IT because I'm more man, job market is not <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Well, especially, well, especially when you have has I, I feel like I had a good portfolio. So, right? like, yeah, like, but then again, you never know. You yeah, know? it's, it's so. constantly changing. I think uh, in the mm-hmm. last three years, it's really evolved because it's very saturated were, now. Yeah, yeah, no, no, but no, no, but but it's still very. There's still a very clean niche for it because. Um, so the thing is, people had the perception about product design as just um, interface, more like how does it look and feel. But now people have kind of understood that sometimes you don't you you can't even communicate well with engineers. Uh, without having a very interesting product design. That's where the UX comes through. So mm-hmm. from the experience people have to the psychology of how they can experience it, because I keep asking this very random question sometimes to my friends. I'm like, okay, when you want to switch on your touchlight phone on your Android phone, 
uh, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I slide from the top and I click the touch light button. Why do you do that? That's somebody that constructively created the idea around, and that's what a lot of uh, phone brands have been using because it becomes a habit and habit becomes uh, a pattern and that pattern becomes a culture. So everyone using utilizing uh, the Android phone just gets a slide from the top and then you see the icon, you recognize it. So iconography, typography, uh, and colors as well play a very big role in that space. So it, it goes beyond just the visuals. So it now goes, it transcends more into functionality and, and the likes of that. So, um, yeah, you've dropped it, but uh, you might want to probably, you know, dust off your hat at some point. I beg. Um, my cloud is where the money is at, man. That's where me I'm going. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, please. Yeah. Let's AWS, AWS gag. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's nice. Well, honestly, okay. I really this is one of my like the favorite uh, my favorite episodes that I've you know recorded uh this year honestly like you know thank you guys thank you guys so appreciate yeah, you for, for coming, coming on, on. Yeah. appreciate you for all your insights you know um yeah, thank you all, all the game that you shared I enjoyed it I'm sure a lot of our listeners are really gonna enjoy it um this is definitely not one that you know if if you were to miss it from Lagos with love episode you definitely don't want to miss this one um <laughs> shout out to you uh, shout out to you again shout out to your personal assistant for reaching out because you know you made a good point about having like a good support system and people that care yeah. about you and you know that know where your strengths are um and just yeah. the fact that she took the initiative to reach out to us and like hey and it's a perfect fit you know um yeah. i think she deserves a raise but uh oh, yes. yeah <laughs> she does deserve a raise <laughs> well she'll kill me for this she just said right now so well i'm going to have a very great conversation hey, by then <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys you're very right for yeah. sure. With that, we wrap up another dope episode of the web. Uh, shit, what the fuck? Hey, oh, my, my bad. <laughs> I that's with that, we wrap up another dope episode of the From Lagos with Love podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. All right, be safe out there. And uh, yeah, <laughs> what I just saw. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Bye, guys. All right. <laughs>